0: Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy of knowing Jesus Christ and being children of God. And such we are because of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross that gives us the opportunity to be adopted into the family of God. We celebrate today and we praise you. We honor you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us as we come to the table that you have invited us to join you at. We pray that you might meet us here by the Holy Spirit of God, drawing us together. We thank you for the access we have to you through your blood, Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit bringing us and uniting us to you and we have relationship with you. Today, Lord, we ask that you might speak to our hearts from your word, that we might truly understand what it means for you to have died and said on the cross, it is finished. We pray that you might protect us from distractions over this next little bit of time and that you might help us To focus truly our minds upon the truth of your word. So that we might be changed people. That we might be joyous people and live for you as those who are saved children of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Galatians chapter number 4. Galatians chapter number 4. We continue to think together about this very important question. What did it mean when the Lord Jesus tasted that bitter vinegar as He hung there in the fi- final moments of His time on the cross in agony and suffering, crying out, I thirst, and He tasted the bitter vinegar. And then he, uh, he said, It is finished, and He bowed His head and died. What does that mean? What is the significance of understanding what the Lord was saying it is finished. Well, that's what we've been talking about for some time. We'll continue to think about this up until Easter time, which is just a few weeks away. And it's a good, good to see all of you who are here today. May the Lord bless you uh, as you've come this morning. Galatians chapter 4 is where we'll be reading. Paul the Apostle is writing this letter to a group of churches in a place called Galatia. It was a part of Asia Minor. And so he writes these words about various things that have to do with understanding what it means to be saved and to be justified by uh, by faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, So we pick up today talking about a great truth that we'll explore today, and that is about the importance of being saved and being adopted into the family of God. So if you'll stand now in honor of the reading of God's Word... We'll look together and read verses for the sake of time. Galatians chapter 4. We'll break in in verse number 3. Chapter 4, verse number 3. And we'll read through verse number 7. Galatians 4, beginning in verse number 3. So Paul is writing now, remember, to Christians. He says, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons And daughters, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter, and if a son or daughter, then an heir through God. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of Your Word, and may the Holy Spirit of God, O, teach us this great truth today, and warm our hearts and challenge us today. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So our focal truth today is this very important principle. Believing sinners become adopted children of God by the death of Jesus Christ. What does it mean when Jesus says it is finished? Well, one of the great truths is this, that those who are sinners who believe, repent of their sins, and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, become, they are adopted children of God. This becomes such a great and important truth. We've talked about over the last few weeks, a couple of things that I want to remind you of. How do I go to heaven? How do I get into heaven? The only way I get into heaven is for God to do something on my behalf. And that is as a result of me coming to him, repenting of my sin and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. He pardons me. He pardons me and declares me just though I've been a sinner I am justified by faith in Jesus Christ. He pardons me. He grants me access. I was an unrighteous one. Now I become a righteous one in Jesus Christ. What else happens as a result of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross? As a result of that, I go to heaven because I have been forgiven of my sins. We've seen this word redemption and to be redeemed over and over. We see it again today in Paul's words in Galatians. It is a word that has to do with ransom, a payment. A payment has now been made through the death of Jesus Christ to pay the sin debt for all sinners. And those who believe will be saved. But today we come to this third element in these very important principles uh, that I want you to see around being justified. And it is that you, if you're a believer here today, you are adopted into the family of God. You have experienced spiritual adoption into the family of God and you are now a child of God. But I must remind you, there is a there's worldly philosophy and thinking that goes around trying to warm people's hearts and rationalize them away from thinking that they have sin in their life and people will say, well, everybody is a child of God. But actually the Bible does not say that. The Word of God does not teach that every person born into the world is a child of God. Oh yes, every person born into the world is born into the image of God. They're to be respected and treated and we're to honor all people in the ways that we should. But no, no, there's there's quite a difference between being saved and not saved. And so I'm going to use perhaps a different phrase to remind you of this. You see, there are the adopted children of God who have been saved by grace through their faith in Jesus Christ. But sadly... Sadly, there are myriads and thousands upon thousands of people all across this planet who are the unadopted ones. Unadopted ones. I have three observations that I want to make from verses 3 through 7. And I'll be brief, but I want to expand on these for just a moment. The first is what I've just said. There is, oh how sad we ought to be. How sad we ought to be to understand the condition of the unadopted sinner. What a sad condition it is. Some of them are in your family. Some of them work beside you. Some of them you see around you as strangers. Some of you who are in this room may still be sadly in a condition of being an unadopted sinner. You have not been adopted by God. You are not a child of God. Secondly, there is a process that God does as a result of what Jesus Christ did on the cross that we'll be reminded of today that when the Lord said it is finished, the work was done, the process was made. And for all who believe in Jesus Christ, hallelujah, praise God, uh, unadopted sinners who believe in Jesus Christ are adopted into the family of God. What a glorious truth. And then the happiness of being an adopted child of God. Well, these will be the things we'll think about for a moment. You see, only, only those who are adopted children of God go to heaven. Only adopted children of God go to heaven. We might want to warm our heart and we might want to think about this and, and, and have warmth toward others, but this is the whole reason why we share the gospel. This is the whole reason why we send missionaries. This is the whole reason why we preach and stand and say there's good news. There's good news for a world of bad news. The worst news of all, the worst condition that you can be in is to be an unadopted sinner. An unadopted sinner. So let's get to it. What does Paul do here? Well, he he uses an analogy of children children who are going to receive an inheritance, but before they're of the age to receive their inheritance that's been given to them, they are under tutors, they're under managers, they're, under, they're, they're no different from the people who work for the family, the slaves. That's what Paul's saying in verses 1 and 2 when he talks about this matter. And he uses being children... Being children to describe the condition of every person in the world. Every person in the world is born and comes into this world. And we are children. We are under certain principles and certain kinds of controls. Well, we discover, first of all, verse 3, Paul now transitions and reminds all of us. And I'm reminding every Christian in this room that you once were an unadopted sinner. You were not a child of God. You did not live for God. You did not care about God. Paul says it this way, in this place. So also we. He's he's coming from his analogy in verses 1 and 2 about a child that's been under tutors and under control of others. But we also, while we were children... Talking about our condition of being lost in our sin. Being, uh, not being child, children of God, but children of sin. He says, we were children held in bondage. Look at that in your Bible, it's very important. Under the elemental things of the world. That's the condition of all your friends and neighbors. I'm talking to my Christian friends here today. That's the condition of your friends and neighbors your children who are not saved, your grandchildren who are not saved, your great-grandchildren who are not saved. You see, for every person who is not saved today, they are under bondage to elementary things of the world. Oh, I hope to place this before your mind and you not be able to shake it. This is so important for you to understand, my friend. Before I can talk about the glory and the blessing of being adopted into the family of God, I must first pause and remind you, I must remind you again of the sadness and the desperate condition of the unadopted people who are separated from God. They're under bondage. They're under bondage to worldly values. They live their life bound to the world's rules to the world's values, to the world's way of thinking. They have all kinds of philosophies. Paul said it this way. Don't let anyone take you captive as a Christian anymore through philosophy and empty deceptions according to the traditions of men. You know some of these traditions, you've heard them all your life. Well, really, the Bible is not really, you know, I know what the Bible says about you have to be, believe on Jesus Christ to be saved. But you know, really, uh, really truly, God's kindly and, and, and at the end, everybody's going to find their own way to God. And it doesn't really matter, it's the tradition of men. It's a lie, it's deception. Or the idea that's, well, just be a good person. I mean, just be nice to everybody. Just speak kindly and, and give everybody a hug and, and, and go and do a few good deeds. And, and at the end, the Lord will tabulate it up and say, Well, you know, I guess, I guess you were all right. Come on into heaven. No, the sadness is that people are held in bondage to their worldly values. Their worldly values control everything they do. It's why people get up and go to work. They go to work because they have a set of worldly values. Those worldly values won't last you, my friend. Those worldly values are going to come up short. Rusting and and moth and corruption and being stolen away. All of these things that we chase in this world, these worldly values, this way of thinking like the world, it captures us. But Paul says something quite astounding about those who are unadopted in Ephesians chapter 2. He reminds Christians, as I'm going to remind you who are saved here today, who are now children of God. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 2, 3. He says, we too, all of us who are Christians, were formerly, those who, listen, lived in the lusts of our flesh. That's the lifestyle that someone who's not, who, is, who is unadopted lives. They live They live according to the driven passions and desires of their flesh. If they want it, they seek it. They look for pleasure. They look for things that please them and satisfy their, their flesh. They live in the lusts of their flesh. He goes on. They indulge in the desires of their flesh. They indulge. They live indulging in all kinds of practices trying to find satisfaction that never comes. These are the unadopted I'm speaking of who are held in bondage to the lusts of their flesh to worldly values and thinking and bondage to philosophies and deceptive words. And Paul goes on and finishes Ephesians 2, 3 with some amazing words. He says, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of the mind and were, listen, by nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. When I look at my lost friend, when I look at my lost family member, when I think about the children and grandchildren in my family, what must I do? I must remember when they're born into this world, they're born into this world as a sinner, and they are as every person without Jesus Christ who is unadopted. Are you listening to me, my friend? They are under the wrath of God. They are children of wrath, which is a phrase that means children who are facing the wrath of God. You either have to decide that is the truth of God's word or happily go on your way believing lies and deceptive philosophies. If you believe it to be true, it will change your way of sharing the gospel with other people. This is the condition, this is the sadness of our world. It is overwhelming if you sit and think about it, but we must do it. Oh, think about it today, my friend. Think about the sadness of being unadopted by God. No Heavenly Father, no assurance, no inheritance, no no family, broader family than just our uh, earthly family, and no hope in this world, and no God. The darkness, the emptiness, the loneliness of being unadopted. That is the condition of our world. But bless God, there is a wonderful transition in verse 4. So we read in verse 3, So also while we were children, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when... But when the fullness of the time came, here's the good news. The sun's rising. Here it is. Here it's coming. Are you ready for it? But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son. Wait a minute. Son? He sent His Son. Yes, the only begotten of God. He sent His Son under, notice, born under the law and born of a woman. He was born came into this world fully human, but He was God. And notice, He came so that He might, here's the word, redeem those who were under the law, who were under condemnation, who knew they were sinners because the law of God said, you shouldn't do these things. And they did them and they sinned and all have sinned. So He came to redeem those who are under the law that He might, notice that we... Might receive the adoption as sons. So something dramatic has happened if you're saved here today. You've lived your life up until the moment you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as an unadopted child of wrath. Under condemnation, living in disobedience, living in full wickedness, godlessness, indulging yourself in your flesh and uh, living in the lusts of your flesh and facing the wrath of God to come if you're not saved. But bless God, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. And as he died on the cross, he said it is finished. And as a part of our redemption in Jesus Christ, we now who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, have received something. You have been received now. You have have been given adoption as children of God. God sent His Son to redeem us. He might, notice the phrase in verse number 5, He might redeem and we might receive. That's the transaction. What God does so that we might be changed people so that we might experience the joy of adoption. It is a glorious thing. He says in Galatians 3, 26, for you are all sons of God. Notice he says, not by natural birth. Are you listening? It's right here in your Bible. Galatians 3, 26, for you are all, you who are Christians here, you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This is what brings us into the family of God as well as the the transaction spiritually of what's happened on the cross as a result of the Lord Jesus Christ's death. I now receive adoption. Oh, we've had the joy in our church. Uh, and And I've been so happy with our parents who've experienced this wonderful joy of bringing a child into their family. A stranger child becomes an adopted child. In a family. Same, same privileges, all the rest. Oh, the glory, oh, the excitement. I've received multiple times, and I'm honored to be a part of it. I, I've received multiple times reminders and texts and emails uh, telling me of the day, of the day when certain children were adopted into the families of this church. What a wonderful and glorious thing it is to experience becoming an adopted child of God when I have lived in my unadopted state and condition separate from God. What did John the Apostle say? Some of you, these verses that I'm reading are bringing these verses to mind, so I ought to read them to you. 1 John 3, 1. I'll just read it for the sake of time. Listen. See how great a love, are you listening to me? See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. The us here are Christians. See how great a love, 1 John 3, 1. The Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, I say to all my beloved friends here, I say to all of you who are part of the family of God, along with me, brothers and sisters, beloved, now we are children of God. Now we are children of God. This is what Paul means when he says, that the Lord Jesus redeemed those who were condemned and those who believed in Jesus Christ by faith, as He says, receive the the adoption. So what does it mean? What is the happiness of adoption? Well, let me just expand these last few words for you in verses 6 and 7. Follow along. Notice what we see here. He says, because you are sons, verse number 6. I remind all of you, Steve, Steve led us today. Brother Steve led us to do this. We sang, I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I could hear you singing. What a joy it is to say, I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. I'm a son or daughter of God. I am now in the family of God. Oh, you know, We used to sing when I was younger. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I am a child of God. Paul says it this way. I remind all of my dear brothers and sisters here today in Christ, because you are sons. You've now received the adoption as children of God. You are a child of God, so you now have the name of God upon you. You are a child of God. What does Peter remind us? Be holy as the Lord is holy. Be like your heavenly Father. Live in holiness of life. Live your life now to please Him. You have a new name. Those adopted children, and I have friends who've been adopted, I've always loved hearing their stories It so enriches, and you perhaps are here this morning, and you were adopted into your family. You know what it's like to have the opportunity to have a new name and to be a part of a new family. Oh, what a joy it is when we're adopted by God. We're given... A new name. We are, he says here, he says, because you are sons. I remind you, daughters and sons of God here. That is your new name. You are to live to the standards of your heavenly Father. You're to live in such a way that you please Him. You live up to your name. You live in a way that honors God. But he goes on and he says, because you are sons. Look at this strange, read your Bible carefully now. We're talking about being adopted children of God, but notice what the Son of God has done. God the Father sent His only Son so that we who believe might become sons and daughters of God. And look at this, God has sent forth... Notice this is very important. Not only in verse 4 did God send forth His Son into the world, but now as a saved man or woman, as an adopted child of God, you better read your Bible carefully... Right now, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. What did the Lord Jesus do? Well, we have at least one recorded time when He was in great despair. Matthew four, uh, excuse me, Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. The, the words, the Spirit, the Spirit of the Son now speaks within me. The Holy Spirit of God now speaks within me. And I cry, Abba, Father. Those most wonderful, familiar words, the sweetest words that melt the hearts of cold, hard-hearted daddies in here. When your little children call you by your love name, when they cry out to you, we cry to God sometimes for provision. We cry to God sometimes in our temptation. We cry to God when we're afraid. We cry to God when we just want to be close to Him. This is what happens in the life of of every person who is truly adopted into the family of God. You don't need a preacher to talk you into walking with God. You don't need a preacher to talk you into praying. You do it every day because you are an adopted child of God. And the Holy Spirit of God is in you. And you say, Abba, Father. That's the way you live as an adopted child of God. Or else you've not yet been adopted. You see we have a new name we we have a new we have a new way of speaking with god he is our father we're not cringing in fear oh we have we have the fear of the lord we have the fear of the lord we respect and we awe him and we reverence him just as we do our earthly parents if we're wise but we've now received the spirit of god paul says it another way you're familiar with these words the love of god has been poured out in our hearts through the Spirit which He's given to us, and we cry, Abba, Father. That's the language of prayer. That's the language of faith and dependence. I now trust my heavenly Father. What did the Lord Jesus teach every Christian in this room to do? When you begin to pray, you say, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Have you spoken to your heavenly Father today? Have you spoken to your heavenly Father recently? You are an adopted child of God with a new name, with the Spirit of the Lord Jesus coming with, out of your life. You have a new freedom. I'll read on. Look what he says in verse 7. Therefore, you're no longer a slave. You're not, don't act like a slave. You're a son or daughter of God. You have privileges. You have access you have all of the blessings of your heavenly Father now given to you, rain down on you, as we've seen in weeks gone by. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus coming from God the Father. Rejoice today if you're adopted by God. You have happiness and joy that the unadopted have no idea about. And finally, you have an inheritance and you have descendants that you've never even thought about. Paul says these words in chapter 3, verse 29. If you belong to Christ, I'm speaking to every one of you who are Christians here today. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. What? That's right. You're proud of your family tree, aren't you? Coming from whatever county and whatever part of the state or whatever place you come from. And some of us put our coat of arms on the wall. Some of us have our famous stories about our kinfolks and all our descendants. Did you know that you are now a part of a descended family of faith? Going back to Abraham, all of God's people. That is your family. You are a part of the descendants of faith. You are a part of the family of God. That's your descendants. That's your heritage. Oh, and by the way, you're not a slave, but you're a son. And if you're a daughter or son, guess what? You have an inheritance. You got something coming. As well as something that the Holy Spirit reminds you you've got ahead of time. Paul says in one place that the Holy Spirit's like a down payment. Just like a down payment. It's like the Lord cares so much about you as a child of God. Oh, you're going through your troubles. You're going through your pain. You got cares and worries that are wrapping you around the axle. You cannot get free of them. You've forgotten who you are in Jesus Christ. You're all worried about things in the world. And today I hope to lift your mind and remind you you're not a slave anymore. You're a child of God and as a son or a daughter of God, you are descended from the family of faith and you are an inheritor. And the Lord loves you enough. He gives you the Holy Spirit in this world of mess and worry to remind you you've got a lot more good things coming in the days ahead. Sense and be warmed by the Holy Spirit, my friends, because your inheritance is glorious and wonderful, and it is reserved for you in heaven. You see, the longer you're a child of God, the less you want from this world. That's the way it is. When I'm a child of God, I live in holiness. I like what the old preacher said. Now, it's offensive. Some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say. but I'm going to say it anyway. If you live like hell, you're going to go to hell. That's just the facts. If you live like hell, you're going to go to hell. When you come to know Jesus Christ, there comes to be a holiness in your life that you don't have otherwise. And the only ones who go to heaven are those who are God's children. So what do we do with all of this this morning? What are some things to remember as we prepare for the Lord's Supper and come to the Lord's table? Well, I remind you again now, let me say it again. God adopts the hopeless, un unadopted sinner who has no real bearings in the world who's bound up and condemned who's under bondage oh praise God when we come to Jesus Christ and confess our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ this wonderful transaction of spiritual adoption takes place for the hopeless unadopted and broken sinner who repents I must remind us all today of the great grace of God. What grace that God who already had an only begotten beloved son would adopt more children. How glorious to consider that in your life. You look around and you see you're a part of the family of God. Far, far, far more vast than your family. I came from a big family, but not a family as great and glorious as as my family that I'm a part of in the family of God. Oh, the grace of God that He would choose to have more children and adopt them into His relationship. It cost God the death of His Son to provide your adoption. Don't forget it. You're not adopted because of where you live or what you've done or who you think you are. You are adopted into the family of God as a result of repenting of your sins and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Assurance and confidence fill the heart. I mean, I wish we could do it again. To hear you, you you needed to hear yourself. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. That's what you were saying when Brother Steve led us. I'm a child of God, and that's who I am. When you leave this place, if you face the sick bed, if you face death, if you face trouble, if you face loss, if you face hatred, the child of God is assured and has hope regardless of the circumstances of this world. That's why we sing and praise God, because now believers in Christ are the adopted children of God, and you're in the forever, are you listening? The forever family of God. So what do I do today? Well, some of you who are unadopted here, you need to recognize your condition before it's too late. You're a child under the wrath of God. You're under the wrath of God. God is displeased with your sin. God is not satisfied with your religious ceremonies. The Lord Jesus died for sinners so that we might be saved. If you're here today and you're still a child of wrath, under the wrath of God, under condemnation, you can be saved and you can be adopted into the family of God. It's the only way you go to heaven. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Enjoy and celebrate the joys of adoption, my friends. So what do we read today? When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Oh, here it is. Here it is. This hymn's been in my head all week long. I must share it with you. Oh, what a blessing. How can I express it? Out of the fullness of rapture, now by the Father received and adopted, I am a child and an heir of a king. I am adopted. Oh, wonderful love. I am adopted. Oh, wonderful love. Heir to a heritage. Purchased above, tell it, my soul, and joyfully sing, I am a child and an heir of a king. Can anybody say amen?